starting out, where do we all need to be? On the floor. With Christ on the throne. Okay. I'm going to draw it up. Wow, I'm falling over. It's probably all this snow and cold weather and wind. Okay. Christ on the throne. Not, not Ashley. Okay. And I'm going to draw a little globe over here. Okay. There, there's the world. Okay, so... Does that look like the world? Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Okay, here's Hawaii. We made Hawaii really big. Anyway, if we want to reach the world for Christ, if we want to fulfill the Great Commission, which is kind of what we're talking about, right? how to practically fulfill the Great Commission, Christ has got to be on the throne. So that starts uh, then, and it also starts right now. So let's start today by consciously asking Him to lead us, to guide us, to fill us with His Holy Spirit. And to be on the throne as we get started. So, Leah, will you just pray and start us out here? God, thank you so much for um, this day that we get to focus on you um, more and make new glory in every way you perform, God. Um, I pray that uh, you will re- reveal to us any sin that we need to confess to you, God, and we just uh, give that to you. And I pray that you will um, sit on the throne of our lives, God, will take control and let us be filled with your Holy Spirit. So Amen. All right. So we've taken kind of a two-week break from the funnel diagram, and now we're getting back to it. And I don't suspect any more tangent for the rest of the semester. But do you guys remember what's at the top of the funnel diagram? Meeting people. Okay. And here we come down the funnel. What do we do next? Share the... You guys need more coffee. You don't sound too enthusiastic. It's that cold weather. It's that cold weather. All right. Share the good news. And then we have several different responses, right? Not interested. Already a Christian. What's that? Green. And I didn't know if you guys were... Okay, green fruit and will prayer. They pray with you after they hear. Okay, now each one of those is going to have a different... Type of follow-up. What do you think with this first guy? What do we do with not interested people? Do you remember? Do we tell them we hate you? We never want to see you again? No. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah. We should hang up out sometime. We should, yeah. You just keep keep them in this whole meeting funnel area. All right. We're gonna invite them camping. We're gonna invite them to Thursday night dinner. Whatever. You know. We're gonna keep them in the loop. Probably not invest a whole lot of time, though. But the already Christians, the um, green fruit, and the will pray, we bring down into the follow-up section of the funnel. Okay? Now, next week we're going to talk about how to start doing discipleship with somebody that's already a Christian or somebody that will pray. Okay? So this week we're actually going to talk about how to follow up with somebody that is green fruit. Or somebody that you shared the gospel with that is interested but not yet there. How many of you have had a situation like that? Probably all of us, right? Where you share, they seem interested, and then it kind of ends and you don't know what happens next. So that's what we're talking about today. The rest of the funnel continues from there. We're not going to get into it again. But you can go check it out online if you want. All these videos, by the way, are online right now. 
and hopefully they're a resource to you and others later on. All right, so what do you do after you share with somebody and they're interested and it's just kind of floating out there? This, this conversation happened, they heard the gospel, they didn't make a decision, you know they're interested. What happens next? How many of you have had that happen at the solarium, even in the last couple weeks? Okay, right, where you talked with somebody and maybe got into a pretty deep conversation right off the bat, and now you don't know where to go. Should I keep investing a lot of time in this person? Should I not? If I were to keep investing a lot of time, what would I say? What would I do? How would I say it? When would I say it? How would I set something up? That's the kind of stuff that we're going to go through today. Now, your investment in someone doesn't end the moment you share the gospel with them, or at least it shouldn't end the moment you share the gospel with them. Sometimes it inevitably will, right? You're going to be constrained by time, space, etc. <laughs> Maybe you're on a road trip run into him at a gas station. This happened to Aaron and I. Got to share in depth with this girl. I knew God was telling me to share with her. So I went, I left, and then I had to come back and share with her. Turns out, she tells me after we start sharing with her, that her husband had shown up at work that day, dropped all of her, all of her belongings off at the door and said, I'm done with you. And she, she was finishing out her shift because she had to. But literally, this woman had lost everything a mere few hours before we got to the gas station, and God had told us, clearly, go share with that woman. And I even neglected to, and then the Holy Spirit kept convicting me, and I went back in and shared with her, and then we found out this bombshell. Right? And we got to share with her, we got to go through the gospel with her, we got to pray with her. I haven't seen her since. Right? I haven't seen her since. And so there are situations like that where you might not be able to continue following up, following up with this person. But hopefully that won't typically be the case. So what we want to hit today is how do you continue that investment after that initial beginning? Sharing the gospel is just the first step. It's not the end. And I think a lot of times when we are beginning to learn how to do ministry, just getting through that presentation of the gospel is such a big accomplishment that we almost forget about, gosh, that's just the beginning. It's like Leah planting your tomatoes. You don't plant them on the ground and say, okay, in September I'm going to start eating tomatoes. They take some water, they take some cultivating, they take a little bit happening between when you plant them and when you harvest them to actually get some fruit. And it's the same thing with sharing the good news. Typically, guys, I want to start by saying this, typically they say it takes somebody hearing the gospel six times before they make a decision for Christ. Right. So that time that you share with them could be their first time, could be their fifth time, could be their sixth time. You do not know. What we always say is, Take the initiative and the power of the Holy Spirit. This is Bill Bright that said this. Take the initiative and the power of the Holy Spirit and then trust the results to God. So after you share with somebody, the first thing I want to say is evaluate yourself and how you did and try and learn from it. But don't, don't put yourself under too much pressure. Don't have bad boundaries where you feel like their response is, uh, is how you determine your success in sharing your faith. Your success is determined by your faithfulness. That's it. If you share, that was successful. You obeyed God. You took the sacrament of faith. Now God has to work on their heart. And so what I wanted to say, just starting out, is once you've shared, evaluate, learn, grow, and you'll never stop growing. I still learn every time I share. Right? But then trust the results to God. Right? Have good boundaries. And even if you've made mistakes, don't assume, this would be bad boundaries, don't assume that they're not interested. I've been with students that absolutely butchered a conversation. And I assumed, incorrectly, that the student that they shared with would not be interested. That was a wrong assumption. God was working in this person's heart. had nothing to do with, with the, the person that presented or the method or how it came across. 
had to do with the Holy Spirit working in their heart. And in one instance that comes to mind right now, the person ended up trusting Christ a week later. And I thought he'd never talk to us again. And you guys actually have met him. He's been to a few things this year. He's not real committed. He's not real involved in the group or anything like that, but he's still walking with God. Okay? So evaluate how much to keep investing. So first is evaluate yourself, but keep trusting God. Don't have bad boundaries. Grow and learn. Second, evaluate how much to keep investing. Were they interested? Right? If this person was completely not interested, like we had up here a minute ago, I'm, I'm not going to decide that he's the worst person in the world and I'm never going to hang out with him again. I'm going to keep being friendly with him and all this sort of stuff, and we'll kind of uh, get to that in a minute. But I'm probably not going to want to invest a whole lot of time in that person if they are just totally not interested. right? How would you know if somebody was not interested, do you think? They'd say, this is not for me. Yeah, if they say, this is not for me. Again, just because I hear that, though, doesn't mean I'm not going to invest. It just means maybe not a high priority of my time is going to go in that direction. <laughs> a story I'll share in a minute started with that person saying, this is not my deal, whatever floats your boat. And two months later, he was a believer, and to this day he's one of my best friends in the world, and still walking strong with God, has a Christian life. So just because they say, I'm not interested, doesn't mean they're really not interested. God might be working in their heart. But were they interested? Try to try to tell whether or not it was just, just like they felt... Uh, Maybe they felt like they had to be there and listen or something like that, and they couldn't wait to get away. Uh, Did they have questions? If somebody has zero questions, that's a good indicator of whether or not they were very interested or whether or not they understood everything. Uh, Example would be Brian. Brian is a guy that it took eight weeks of meeting with him to go through questions every single week. And he would bring the little four-law booklet every week and say, I have a question about this right here, and we talk about that. Next week, he'd come with new questions, new questions, new questions. After eight weeks, he began uh, a relationship with Jesus Christ. He trusted Christ. So do they have questions? That might tell you a whole lot about whether or not they're interested. Are they open to meeting again? What if you just share with somebody and they don't want to meet with you again? You guys have that happen? You have, right? And they're, they're just, they just say, eh, eh, not really. I got a text, actually, from a guy last week that said, hey, no offense, you guys are all really cool, but I really don't want to go any further with this God thing. Actually, Brandon's the guy that we were talking about. And did he text you too? I don't know if he did. This is the guy that we, we talked about. And we talked about the fact that this window is very small. And I'll, talk, I'll get there in a minute. So are they open to meeting again? Were they open to what you said? Did they just want to debate you on every topic? Did they get scared off, do you think? Sometimes people just get scared off by all the Christianese. Right? Uh, you guys, those are some good questions that you could ask to evaluate how much to keep investing in this person. If they're interested, if they have lots of questions, if they're open, if they didn't get scared off, you could probably say with a lot of confidence that they are worth investing a lot more time in, right? And if they really don't want to see you at all, there's a girl that came to our first Secret Connect. She had a lot of arguments that she was sharing with Joseph, remember her? And I I made it a decision in my mind, I'm going to try and keep following up with this girl when I see her. Every single time I see her, I say hi, I say hi, I tell her her name. And she's, she just says, hi, and just, I mean, keeps going. She is not interested in talking with me about Jesus. So that's fine. I'm not going to try and pressure her. We'll just let her keep hanging out. Maybe she'll come to another something. But I'm not going to keep pressuring her. I'm not going to invest a whole lot of time there. Whereas, or this guy that texted me and said, I'm not interested. I really don't want to talk about this anymore. I want to respect that. You know, I want to respect that. And I've seen guys a year later come around, and now they are interested, and they want to talk more. All right? So if they aren't interested, that's okay. Keep being friendly. Keep praying for them. Keep inviting them to things. And 
don't invest a tremendous amount of time in continuing to try and bring them to a relationship with Christ. Let the Holy Spirit work in their life, right? You only have so many hours in a day, so invest your time wisely in people that really are interested in the gospel. Does that make sense? And I tell you this from experience. I've loaded up my schedule before with people that I've been trying to share with for several years. And it gets to the point where they don't want to be there. I really don't want to be there. I feel like I'm dragging them and pulling them and trying to get them along. And I should just let the Holy Spirit work in their heart and continue to soften their heart, right? And to prepare them. And eventually, they'll come around, right? If they are interested, follow these guidelines. I'm going to just run through some of these guidelines here. These are kind of basic follow-up guidelines. So we'll hit some of them again next week when we talk about how to do basic follow-up with a new believer. But it starts this way, guys. Pray for this person. So start by praying. Right? Pray. Rely on the Holy Spirit to work in this person's life. Build a relationship and credibility. So I'm going to put relationship right here. they got to know that they are not just a project. They're not just somebody that you're trying to check off a list. Okay? So they need to know that you actually have an interest in their life. Be personable, relatable, and genuinely interested in them. Right? Remember, who you are to a person determines a lot of what he takes in from you. Some of this is coming from the discipleship packet. You'll remember it from the teacher's edition. Anyway, so live an example of integrity. If this person sees you saying one thing about Jesus and sees you living a totally different life, it's going to be a lot harder to talk to them about Jesus because they're going to say, I just, I don't think your life and your words match up. Uh, be sure to let them see you as a person who is also growing in Christ. So when I say live an example of integrity, don't just try to fool somebody. If, you're, if you have struggles, if you have issues in your life, you're a real person that's also growing. Don't try to pretend like you're perfect to this person. Be honest. Be real. Talk about where you're really at and the salvation that started whenever it started for you and how God has never left you and he keeps working in your life. Sometimes people think that they have to get perfect before Christ can come into their life. And we need to share it. That's not the case, right? I heard a guy once put it this way. You don't get cleaned up to take a shower. Isn't that good? You don't get cleaned up to take a shower. You just let Christ come in and he starts the cleaning process. Answer their questions first and then proceed to cover whatever you're hoping to cover about the gospel. So let's say you're meeting with somebody and you want to continue talking about the gospel. And we'll talk about how to, to go that next step in a minute. But let's say they, like Brandon, or I mean Brian, for example, that I shared about a minute ago, he had lots of questions. Well, when he sits down with me and says, Nate, I have a question about, you know, this one point in the four laws, or now the Knowing God Personally booklet. I'm not going to say, yeah, 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 whatever, uh, just deal with it. I had this other thing I wanted to talk to you about today. <laughs> okay, right? I want to deal with his questions first and then continue to whatever I'm going to go go on with that day. Don't preach at that person. Ask them a lot of questions to draw them out instead. Right? Continue asking questions to draw them out. Always help them see the Bible as your source of truth and the only source of truth. So we continually go back to the Bible and then continually affirm the validity of the Bible. A lot of times these people have been, their heads have been filled with lies for years and years and years saying that you cannot trust the Bible. So always, always, always go back to the Bible. I think it's so important. And that will be part of the, the next steps that we talk about in a minute also. As you're talking, write out the verses, diagrams, and illustrations that you use on a piece of paper. Write them out for that person so that they have them with them. Hey, guys. Right? That way they can take them along with them. Some of these students that I've shared with before, every single week they take whatever notes you're sharing with them home, and they continue to review them. That's awesome. Right? 
Remember this, guys. If you don't finish everything you were hoping to share that time, it's okay. You can meet again. It's actually not a problem. Right? So just go at it with, at their pace. You don't have to push. You don't have to prod. You don't have to race through something. You're just being a partner with the Holy Spirit and communicating with this person. So go with the flow. Get through things. Do it at their pace. Don't bulldoze over them. And if you need to meet again, that's fine. Hopefully you will need to meet again. Right? We always say this, too much, too soon, too bad, too little, too late, so sad. It's one of Russ's famous quotes. Too much, too soon, too bad, too little, too late, so sad. What about, how was the half night of prayer the other night? I heard it was awesome. Aaron and I had a great night with the, with the girls, so it was one of our first nights off in a couple weeks, I think. And it was awesome. So we miss being with you guys, though. But here's the deal. What if you would have brought somebody that you just met at the solarium table last week to the half night of prayer? Would that maybe be too much too soon? She said, hey, I just shared the Knowing God Personally booklet with you. You want to come pray with us for six hours? <laughs> They're probably going to go, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I have better things to do on a Friday night. They might think, right? That'd be too much too soon. What about too little, too late, so sad? What if you really just never got around to putting the ball in their courts and asking them to make a decision to trust Christ? That would be terrible. right? If you just kind of like beat around the bush about, oh yeah, Jesus is so good. Yeah, I like Christian music. That's a good transition. <laughs> and I knew that that was one of your transitions, so I didn't say it like, <laughs> I didn't say it to be mean to you. But I was just saying that I found myself sometimes, like just, um, that is a great transition. But saying little Christian things, thinking, Maybe I'll get them to like think about Christianity by saying little Christian words, things like that. And I think that's eventually we, we we that's too little, too late. So sad, you know. We need to we need to share with them how they can have a relationship with Christ. Okay, now here's a big one. Remember that they don't yet think, talk, or act like a Christian. So do not ignorantly lose your credibility by doing one of the following. This don't okay. Check this out. Don't talk Christianese. Everybody say don't talk Christianese. Don't talk Christianese. You guys are so tired today. Okay. This is pretty crazy weather. Don't talk Christianese. Talk in a normal language. Meet people where they're at. Don't try to communicate too deep. Avoid rabbit trails. Keep it simple. Do not verbally or non-verbally communicate a standard of performance such as legalism, rules and regulations, dress codes, language use, or any other quote-unquote Christian mannerisms. Right? They need to know that they have freedom in Christ. And here's, here's the, the big point. You can't ask them to act like a Christian before they are a Christian. Right? I have a lot of Christian friends that every time they hear somebody use the Lord's name in vain or cuss or something like that, they jump all over their case about how evil it is what they just said. And obviously, if you're a Christian, you're right. That's not good to use the Lord's name in vain. But this non-Christian, they don't even know Jesus. I personally think I'd be... <laughs> It would be much better to talk to them first about Jesus and the, the salvation that we find in him. And then let him change their heart about using that kind of language, for example, right? So I don't need to hold them to a standard that they're not at yet, right? Because God never did that to you and me. Do not spiritualize everything in your conversation. Have you ever been with Christians that do this? Everything they talk about is spiritual. They can't talk about a football game just as a football game. <laughs> they can't talk about anything. Don't do that when you're following up with somebody that you just shared the gospel with. Uh, but they haven't yet trusted Christ. Be real with them. Okay, now, check this out. So that was uh, no Christianese. Now here's the next 
important guideline for following up. Meet frequently with this person. You have a very small window to invest in this person's life about the, about Jesus, right? They will often be open for a very short time. I've had people just that close to putting their trust in Christ that I've been sharing with for a few weeks, and then just, boom, out of the blue, they just vanish. They're just gone. And so remember that you have... Remember, remember, guys, in the parable of the sower, Satan is trying to snatch up that seed. So you have a, sh- a very small window. So once somebody is interested, do everything you can to meet with them frequently to go back to the gospel before that window closes. Don't get discouraged. Remember, this is God's issue. Don't you get discouraged. Keep meeting with them. Even if they decide they don't want to keep meeting with you later, don't get discouraged. Keep on going. All right? Keep looking for the good soil. It's, it's just like hunting. You aren't going to shoot an elk in your living room, most likely, right? And, but if you keep going hunting, you, it might take a while. I've been out five days now this season, seen 42 elk. I've managed not to shoot a single one of them. <laughs> I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm going to keep going out. Because I know if I don't go out, I'm definitely not going to shoot an elk, right? So it's the same thing in evangelism, guys. Keep sharing your faith. Even if you don't see a whole lot of results, trust God. Don't get discouraged. Keep going. Because it it's not going to happen if you don't keep taking steps of faith. Okay? So those are just some good guidelines. Now here are some actual principles that you can follow. First and foremost, and some of them are real similar to the guidelines, continue to develop a personal connection with that person. Make your level of commitment to them proportional to their level of interest. That's huge. Does that make sense? So make your time investment proportional to their interest in the gospel. If they're highly interested in the gospel, invest a whole lot of time in that person's life. Make them a high priority. Right? If they're not very interested at all and you feel like you're just trying to drag them, then maybe don't invest so much time. If you feel like you're dragging or pulling, just stop and let the Holy Spirit work. Don't try to force his hand. Keep being friendly, keep praying for them, keep inviting them to things, and then keep investing in their life. Check this out. So, so some of those are the same as for somebody that's not interested at all. right? If they're interested, keep doing all those things, and then do this. This is huge. If there's one thing you could take away from today, this is it. Intentionally set up an initial appointment. You have to set it up, guys. You have to be the one that intentionally sets up the appointment. You can write this really big. Set. Oh, I can't even spell. Set up the appointment. All right? Don't wait for that person to come back to you and go, Shelby, thanks for sharing with me last week. I had all these questions. Could we meet and talk? You be the one that sets up that appointment. You only have that small window, so take the initiative. When starting that first appointment, you should have an opening statement already thought through in your head. Here's an example. Let's see. Let's say you see somebody that you did the solarium with last week. It would be real easy for you to say, hey, John, what did you think of the solarium last week? Uh, yeah, I loved it. It was really cool. Hey, well, I was wondering, maybe we could go get coffee sometime and talk some more about spirituality and those types of issues. What works for you? Well, see, that's a real easy statement. But you just casually brought up that next appointment, and you intentionally set it up. And don't just say, we should meet sometime, because it'll never happen. <laughs> All right? But right then and there, say, hey, this time works for me. Let's put it on the schedule. I can do tomorrow at 2. Does that work with you? Right? You got it? So set up the appointment right away. Don't just say we should, but actually put it on a schedule. Right? Coffee is a great way to connect and talk. I love coffee. 
right? If they don't have to love coffee, they could get a tea or a hot chocolate. But seriously, guys, it's so easy to tell somebody, hey, maybe we could grab coffee and talk some more about this. I, I don't think I've ever had a student say no to that, especially if you're buying. And that's a, that's a big deal. If you're sharing with somebody, buy. <laughs> buy them a coffee. Don't be a jerk, okay? <laughs> and if you don't have the money to, ask me, and I will float you some cash for a coffee for this awesome spiritual conversation. Okay? Call them the night before, or the morning of, or text them. This generation is all about texting. So seriously, if somebody says, yeah, I want to meet with you, Jack, at 2 o'clock tomorrow to talk more about Jesus, well, don't just go, I'm sure he'll show up, right? Because what's Satan going to do at about 1.30? Ah, that hot girl you're in love with just called you and wants to talk and wants to meet up for pizza, you know? (laughs) Right? You have an enemy that is fighting against them and you. So take the initiative. Text them. Say, hey, we're still on for 2 o'clock, right? And if they say no, reschedule. Make a new appointment. Okay, at the end of each appointment, try to set up another appointment. Don't just end there, right? Unless they, well, don't ever. If they trust Christ, you can start doing discipleship next week. If they finally tell you, look, I'm not interested, I don't want to hear anymore. Okay, well then, let them go. But if they're interested, as soon as you're done talking, that day, set up another appointment for as soon as possible. Tomorrow, next week, sometime soon, so you can keep going over the gospel with them. Meet them where they're at. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. And I want, to, I want to encourage you guys to bring your Bible. Sometimes I hit a lot of verses really fast, and then the problem is that nobody brings their Bible. So I want to start at least getting one passage each week that we can all read together, and then we'll just hit away really fast. So turn, if you have Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. And then I'm a terrible example because my Bible's on my iPod. So pull out my iPod. It's not like <laughs> your iPad. Okay. So pull out your Bibles. I'm going to grab some coffee while you guys get your Bibles out. 1 Corinthians 9. For you guys that came late, there is coffee. Alright, what about the plastic? Yeah, there are plastic cups. And you guys can keep getting that. If we're all there, if everybody has Bibles at Brown, 1 Corinthians 9... I'm going to start reading 19 through 23. It's about ready. You guys about there? (laughs) Okay, let's read 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law so as to win those who are under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all of this for the sake of the gospel. See, Paul was committed to, to the gospel and to sharing the good news with people, enough where he was willing to meet people where they're at. And I'm not talking about superficial means. It doesn't mean you have to look exactly like every person you share with. It doesn't mean if you're following up with somebody that is a hippie that you should try and hippie it out as much as you can before that appointment. You're not supposed to be a poser, (laughs) okay? But what it is saying is meet them where they're at. Meet them where they're at, right? Don't try and force them to be where they're not and be comfortable with meeting them where they're at and talking through issues based on where they're at. Right? So meet them where they're at. Here's an example. When we started this debate on, on abortion last Wednesday, 
I started by saying, and it almost like hurts me, but I started by saying, I'm not going to go to God's Word tonight. I'm going to go to science. Because right? as a Christian, God's Word is first and foremost for me. But when I'm talking to a bunch of people that are Planned Parenthood pro-choicers, I'm pretty sure that's their biggest criticism against us. You can't use your religion to force me to do something. <clears throat> so I'm not just going to go, well, forget you guys. I'm going back. To, right? Does that make sense? I want to I want to meet them where they're at and say, this is where I'm coming from. Okay? And I want to meet them where they're at in a way that they can understand the language that I'm speaking. So I went through this scientific description of life. Okay? Does that make sense? You're going to do that with whoever you're meeting with. If you're talking with a science major, it'd probably be really stupid of you to say, Oh, science is stupid. I hate science. Right? Meet them where they're at. Talk to somebody that maybe knows some scientific apologetics and get some good answers. If you're talking to somebody that is clueless about science, don't try to badger them with science. Meet them where they're at. Does that make sense? I've had people, we had a lady once come to us and say, I can't trust Christ because of evolution. And so Aaron said, well, why don't you come over to our house and we will, my husband can tell you all about evolution. She was a student a few years ago, probably like six years ago, maybe our first year on staff. And we we shared with her boyfriend shortly before that, and he trusted Christ. So she was having a lot of these questions come up because he had trusted Christ. So she comes to the house, and for just a couple minutes, she's like, oh, evolution is so strong. I can't trust Christ because of evolution. So I, I, I started to go into the science behind evolution. One minute into me talking, she, you could just see she's... You, I, you could tell this woman is saying evolution only. This is nothing but a smokescreen. She does not have a clue about the science. Do you think I should have just kept pushing that all night, the evolution thing? No. You know what I said? I just said, I really get the impression evolution isn't the issue that's keeping you from Christ. You know, is there a different issue? She goes, yeah, I've been sexually abused, I've been raped, I've been physically abused. She just started going to all this stuff. Right? She started crying. She was at our house till like 10.30 that night, bawling her eyes out, talking about all this abuse in her past. She ended up trusting Christ. Is that not sweet? Okay. But we needed to meet her where she was at. I didn't need to just bulldoze through a bunch of science with her. That's not where she was at. So become all things to all people as you meet with them in order to reach some, just like Paul. Remember Jesus in Luke 19 with Zacchaeus climbing up this tree, right? Because I'm going to come and eat dinner with you tonight. I'm going to meet you where you're at at your house, and we're going to get to the gospel, right? Build common ground with people. That's huge. That's a huge point. So build common ground. Find things that are interests of yours that might be interests of theirs. That's pretty easy, right? Oh, you like rock climbing? I like rock climbing. Oh, you like hunting? I like hunting. Oh, you like fishing? I like fishing. Oh, you're an artist? My mom's an artist. That's what I tell people a lot. I'm not going to lie to them and say I'm this huge artist. I used to like art. Build some common ground. Do whatever you can. Oh, you like to travel? I grew up all over the world. Oh, really? What did you do? Military? No, missionary kid. Oh, what kind of missionary? Mormon? No, not at all. Can I tell you about it? See, going through the transition again? It's real simple. But see, we're building some common ground with that person. Does that make sense? So find things that are your interest or your past or whatever it is, your pursuits, your values, and build some common ground with them. Those could be food. Maybe you're sharing a meal together. Maybe it's coffee. Maybe it's a hobby that you have. Maybe it's knitting. You're doing that right now, helping somebody get involved in knitting, right? And uh, so you're building some common ground. Maybe it's a sport. Maybe it's rock climbing. For me, it was snowboarding. We had people that we took snowboarding. They came back. That I remember one guy in particular comes back that night. Man, I didn't know you were so good at snowboarding. 
And I said, gosh, well, thanks for the compliment, but probably got good because it was too big for me, too big of an issue for me. What do you mean too big of an issue? Well, it got a lot more important than God, and this is what I had to go through to get God back on track, like as number one in my life. Oh, really? So where are you at now with God? That guy became a Christian. <laughs> okay? Isn't that cool? You guys see that? We're, as you build common ground, you start to really develop some, some confidence, and they really begin to trust you. This is a leadership principle that, that applies here to people buy into you before they buy into your product. Isn't that interesting? People buy into you before they buy into your product. This is a leadership principle that if you go to any leadership training, they'll tell you. So if Malcolm is trying to like pitch a product, they're going to first say, well, who is this guy? Is he credible? Is he an idiot? I mean, if I, you know, if I if I find out that he's wanted in six states for all these charges, I'm not I'm going to not trust the product that he's pushing. But if I find out he's honest and full of integrity, and he actually has my best interest in mind, he's not just trying to make a buck. Yeah, I'll try your product out. That's like a business principle. But you guys, that even applies to sharing the gospel with people, right? Again, we go back to that: be who you say you are, um, but. Establish that common ground with them. Let them see you for who you really are. Right? Uh, here's a huge way, guys, to build some common ground. What if they have needs that you can meet? Remember when Ty would come to our house and he, he didn't have any money and we would just load him up with more food than he could possibly almost fit in his car? Well, we're trying to build some common ground with him. Let him know that we actually care for him. That we're building, you know, that we're building some bridges. Okay, so build common ground. Next, guys, continue clarifying the gospel. When you meet for coffee, don't just talk about baseball or football, but continue clarifying the gospel. They don't always get it the first time, and you can't assume that. I have somebody that I shared the whole gospel with very clearly. He said, I'm not interested. A year later, he calls me back, and he says, hey, can we get together and talk about the Bible? I said, yeah, we can get together and talk about the Bible. Some of you guys know this guy. I know you do. And so we get together and talk about the, the Bible. And I go through the Knowing God Personally booklet with him again. He goes, that's phenomenal. I've never heard that in my life. I'm thinking, yes, you have. Last year, I can tell you the date because I wrote in my journal the next day, God, bring this guy to yourself. So I can tell you the exact date it happened. And we went through this same booklet here. So I know you saw it, right? But what was happening? His heart just wasn't open a year ago. But now it was. The Holy Spirit continued to work in his life. That guy ended up putting his trust in Christ. Okay? Ask them some questions to draw them out as you continue to clarify the gospel. See where they're at. Bring up other examples, truths, relevant stories, conversationally. Does that make sense? So continue to bring up the right types of things. Not just whatever. But actually bring up relevant issues that pertain to where they're at in their own walk. Okay. Use other modes. So continue clarifying the gospel. I'm going to put these main points up here. Before we close this out, continue clarifying gospel. They might take a while. They might have to hear it a bunch of times. So continue clarifying and answering their different questions. Help them come up with their own questions. Ask things like, what would keep you from putting your trust in Christ? I never thought of that before. Gosh, I have a grandma that died, and she didn't know Jesus. Is she in hell now? Gosh, that keeps me from putting my trust in Christ. I don't want to choose to believe something that says my grandma's in hell. Does that make sense? Well, you might never even know how to answer that question until you help draw that out. Help draw out their questions, okay? 
So continue clarifying the gospel. Then use other modes. Remember the three modes, ministry, natural, body. Ministry was like Solarium. You go out intentionally and you engage people you don't know in conversations about Jesus Christ. That's the ministry. That's what we call ministry evangelism. Then you have natural evangelism, which is kind of relational. You're sharing with somebody that you're already friends with. Maybe the conversation started on Facebook. Who knows? Or maybe in class. Uh, And then the third mode is the body witness or body evangelism. That's where you invite them to something like a retreat or connect or church where they can see the body of Christ and they can see Jesus. And, and people are attracted to the fruit of the Spirit in the body of Christ. It's awesome. A lot of times people can hardly believe how awesome it is after they go to a retreat. Right? So those are the three modes. Well, let's say you, you brought somebody to a retreat. They came to a retreat. And now you're thinking, what next? What's the next step? What's the next follow-up step as far as sharing the gospel with this person? We'll try a different mode. Well, I, we, tried, we did the body witness. I'm going to try the ministry witness. Okay. I'm going to ask them if they want to do the solarium with me. It's pretty simple, right? Or what if you just did the solarium with somebody? You did the ministry witness with somebody. That was the first day you met them. What next? Well, you could do a different mode. You could say, hey, Joe, we just did the solarium last week. It was pretty cool, huh? Well, we're having dinner at the Herbst this Thursday night, and I thought I'd invite you to come get some dinner, and we're going to talk about all these issues, but it's pretty casual and laid back. You want to come? See? We're going We're going from ministry to, to more natural, or actually in that case, a body witness. Does that make sense? So you can use different modes in your follow-up and sharing the gospel with them. And beyond just the different modes, so we're going to say use different modes. Next, we're going to say use different tools and methods and resources. Okay? Let's say you just did the solarium with somebody, and from there that turned into a conversation that where you got to share the Knowing God Personally booklet, right? Okay, what would be a different resource you could use? Anybody think of one right off the bat? What would be a different tool that you could use? Could you go like just straight to Scripture, too? You could do that. That'll come up in a minute. That's huge. Yeah, I think that's very important. What would be another tool that you could use? Because I'll know this. How about this? You could do that. Yeah, you could do the Vantage tool. What would be another one? There's something coming to my mind. Uh, how about the, your three-minute testimony? Could you do that in a pretty non-awkward way? Could you, you wouldn't even have to say, Hey, Taylor, I want to share my testimony with you now. <laughs> okay, that'd be pretty weird. You could just start a conversation. Hey, what was your background like? Oh, blah, 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 this. Really? Boom, here's mine. You don't even have to tell them what you're doing. You're just sharing about what crisis is in your life. See? So you shared the KGP with them last week. You did the solarium, and now you're telling them your testimony. See, I'm using different modes. I'm using different tools. I'm using different resources. And I'm working all this together to continue giving them a fresh presentation of the good news. Does that make sense? I'm not just going to read the KGP to them 97 different times. right? I'm going to keep changing this up and helping them get a broad presentation of the gospel. So you could use your testimony, the solarium, the KGP, books, videos, websites, MP3s, depending on where they're at. Again, meet them where they're at. If this person says, gosh, I am this hard intellectual scientist, and I'm an atheist because of it, well, you could say, gosh, that's cool. Check out this MP3. It's this debate between this hardcore scientist that you know, this atheist, and this Christian, talking about why it's more plausible to, to believe Jesus. You could share an MP3. You could share a video. You could share a book. You guys, you could share a whole lot of different things. Ultimately, this is the next one, and Leah got it because Leah is such an 
awesome, awesome staff person. It's the Bible. If you're following up with somebody and continuing to share the gospel with them, buy them a Bible, maybe. Give them a Bible. You could give them a little New Testament. We have a ton of them. It might be really special for you to actually kick down some cash and get them a nice Bible that they're going to that they're going to enjoy, something that they're going to feel bad about throwing away because <laughs> they know it cost you some money, right? I did that for a relative of mine that I love so much who's not a believer, and recently I bought them a very expensive Bible, uh, and, it, and it, it's a Lee Strobel evidence Bible. So pretty much every page has some archaeological evidence or some logical evidence or something like this, and they, they claim to be an atheist. So I thought, gosh, this is awesome. They can't throw it away. Uh, every time they open it up, they're going to see all this evidence for Christ, and it's going to sit on their bookshelf, and it'll catch their attention probably every time they walk by it. Right? Get them a Bible. Wh- whoever you're sharing with, get them a Bible. And here's the deal. If they start reading God's Word, that is going to grow faith in them like nothing else will. An example of that is my roommate from, or my sweet mate from freshman year, who I told you guys about already. He's the one that said, whatever floats your boat, I don't want to have anything to do with this. The first time we shared the gospel with him, we gave him a Bible and said, why don't you start reading in the book of John? And for all you guys, that's a great book to have people start reading because it's so relational and it focuses so much on Jesus. Does that make sense? That's, that's why we don't say, just read the book of Acts. Well, the book of Acts is good, but it doesn't talk a whole lot about Jesus. It talks about the early church. Does that make sense? So for somebody that's either a brand new Christian or a young Christian or somebody that's not yet a believer, have them start reading the Gospels about Jesus, specifically the Gospel of John because it focuses so much on relationship. And John and Jesus have this very close and intimate relationship. And that comes out in, in that book. And they'll see it very clearly. All right, guys? So with my, my sweet mate, Tom, freshman year, we encouraged him, start reading the Bible. We said, start reading the book of John. So he started reading the book of John. And then maybe it floated his boat a little more, right? And he says, what next? We said, Matthew. So he read Matthew. What next? Mark. So he read Mark. What next? Luke. So he read Luke. So he's read all the Gospels at this point. What next, guys? Acts. And I mean, it got to the point where I'd get home from class, back to that dorm, and he'd say, I read Acts today. What next? <laughs> so he'd say, keep going. He read the entire New Testament before he became a Christian. It probably took him about four, five, six weeks to read the entire New Testament, I think. Isn't that insane? That's another way you could tell that he was interested in Jesus. Even though he was telling us he's not. He's saying it doesn't blow my boat. But I'll read the whole Bible. <laughs> right? I'll read the whole New Testament. He ended up becoming a Christian. How many of you guys know Tom? A lot of you guys know Tom, right? He ended up becoming a Christian. He still loves God. Gosh, he sent us a support check this month for our ministry. And he said, he said, like, a, just a blessing for you guys in Jesus' name. He writes across the top of it or something like that. I mean, this is a guy that when I met, he's like a pot-smoking college freshman that really doesn't care about Jesus at all. You know? And years later, he's investing his money passion in God's kingdom. Praise God for that. He's married to a Christian girl, Christian woman, that also came out of this ministry. So, it's just really cool, guys. Alright, so continue encouraging them to get in God's word. That would be huge. Get them in the Bible as you follow up with them. Okay, now, as we close out, I want to encourage you to remember the five P's of following up. And I just made these up today. It's not like some big thing. So I might forget them by next week. I'm going to try and remember them too. But anyway, here are the five P's of following up with somebody that you've recently shared the gospel with. Be prayerful. Okay, so prayer would be the first one. Develop a top ten list, if you don't have one yet, of people that you're trusting to come to Christ. And put that person on that list. And pray for them daily. 
Also, pray for them as God directs and as the Holy Spirit directs. He will bring them to your mind at various times. And you don't have to think, oh, I already prayed for them today. <laughs> right? I know none of you would think that. But continue praying for them as God brings them up in your mind. Uh, be patient. Second Peter 3.9 God is patient with us not, and he's not willing that any would perish. So you also should be patient with this new, young person that's not yet a believer. And you also should not want them to perish as you're patient with them. Remember Sarah? How many of you guys remember Sarah? Kaylee shared with her for four years. Four years. Kaylee never gave up. She kept sharing and kept sharing and kept sharing. And we kept praying. I think every half night of prayer, the whole time Kaylee was a student at this school, we prayed for that one friend of hers, Sarah, who, was, who she met freshman year in the dorms. And her last year, right before graduating, she puts her trust in Christ. Isn't that cool? So be patient with people. That's the second P. So be prayerful, be patient. Continue to invest in proportion to their level of interest, guys. For a lot of those years, making that side note, Kaylee didn't invest every day going through the gospel with her. He, she, she made the investment according to her level of interest. And also, she didn't bulldoze her. She met her where she was at, okay? And eventually, she came to Christ. The Holy Spirit worked in her heart. So be prayerful, be patient. Uh, and then the next one, have perspective. Actually... I read that wrong, but that's good. Be perceptive. Okay, guys? Be perceptive. Does that make sense? Be discerning. Try to read where they're at and understand what their issues are. Be perceptive. Right? Try to figure out what's going on in their life as you continue to share with them. There might be issues coming up that they want to talk about. Like the one example of the woman that I shared with you a minute ago. She wanted to talk about evolution. Aaron and I instantly sensed we instantly discerned that is not the issue here. The issue is something much deeper. Okay, well, once that was hit, she was ready to trust Christ. Does that make sense? So you guys are going to have to be perceptive too. And I'm going to encourage you, ask God for wisdom. James 1.5 promises he'll give it to you. And as you're sharing with people, guys, you're going to need wisdom. Don't just assume that you've got it covered. You're going to need God to give you wisdom about where they're at and what you should do and where you should go with them. Okay, so be prayerful, be patient, be perceptive, be perseverant. Don't give up. Keep on sharing. Have good boundaries, right? Be perseverant. Don't assume this person probably doesn't want to keep hearing the gospel, so I'm just going to quit meeting with them. That'd be really bad boundaries. If they're willing to keep meeting and hearing about Jesus, keep being perseverant. Don't give up. Okay, finally, the last P is be purposed. See your sphere of influence as God's plan for you. The people around you aren't just an accident. They're not just there because they had to be somewhere, and they just happen to be around me. Oh, well. But see the, the context that you're in with lots of purpose. Realize that this guy keeps popping into my life, and I've shared with him ten times before, and for some reason he's still around, and I still bump into him all the time. There's a guy like this that I just ran into in Walmart last week. I haven't seen him for a year or two, but I see him every couple years, and I shared the gospel with him back in college. I don't even remember his name now. But anyway, we always talk about hunting. Every time I see him, he goes, Hey, did you get your elk yet? <laughs> I say, and this year I said no. <laughs> so it was just a few days ago. And, and I asked him, and he didn't get his elk either. <clears throat> why is this guy still bumping into me? Guys, why is he still bumping into me? Coincidence. Nah, yeah, not coincidence, right? Good, sar- good sarcasm there. Right? He is in my sphere of influence because God intended it. Acts 17, 26 through 27, God determined the times and places that he and I would both live 
right? So that he would find God. Colossians 4, 5 tells me, make the most of every opportunity. So be purposed. No relationship is insignificant, guys. Neither should any conversation be insignificant. So whatever conversation you're in, especially if it's with a non-Christian, do your best to point them to Jesus. Do your best any way you can to point them to Jesus and to keep pointing at Jesus. All right? So that's all we have. I hope that encourages you. Does that give you kind of some perspective on what to do next after you've shared the gospel with somebody? Sweet. All right. You guys, let's pray. Give this to God, and we'll be done. Malcolm, will you pray? Sure. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this time. Thank you for Nate and his effort and time that he's put in to search your word and learn all this stuff and so that you can uh, give it to us so that we can do the same with other people. And thank you that it's going and going and going. You don't just stop after Paul, Lord. You change people's lives each and every day. Pray that we can be aware of that and take and make most of all the opportunities that you give us, Lord. Thank you. Praise you. Amen. Amen. Hi, guys. Have a good week.